Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. again and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. I recently saw a broadcast that Perry Stone did on the voice of the beast. I thought it would be good to share that message with you here today. I know in the past we've talked about the mark of the beast and 666 and some other things dealing with the Bible and end times, but I think Perry Stone does an excellent job of explaining much of this. You know, in Revelations, it says that you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And it sounds an awful lot like mandates to me. And I don't want to go any further than that because I don't want to get banned. But I think we're seeing right now, what we're going through now is a precursor to the mark of the beast. So I think Perry makes some very good points in today's episode. So I hope you enjoy today's episode with Perry Stone talking about the voice of the beast. Once again, I welcome everyone to the Global Manifest Telecast. I'm Perry Stone, the host of this program. We're going to do a series of messages from our studio for the next several weeks that are very significant that I believe the Lord has put on my heart very strongly for the nation and the world to hear. This one is titled, The Voice of the Beast. The voice of the beast. Now, when I use the word beast, many people who are not familiar with scripture do not know what I'm talking about, but I'll be taking this phrase, or this, I should say, this word beast from two books in the Bible. One is the book of Daniel, the other is the book of Revelation. Both are considered apocalyptic books. The word apocalypse means something which is hidden or that's concealed that will be made known. In other words, when I talk about the apocalypse, it's information which is concealed oftentimes as it is in the book of Daniel Revelation through symbolism. Now, when it comes to the word voice, there are many voices in the earth. There are voices of people. There is the voice of God and his Holy Spirit. There is the voice of Satan and demonic powers. There is the voice of what we call our inner conscience, or the Apostle Paul would have called that the voice of the inner man, which is actually the voice of your human spirit speaking to you through your mind and heart. And then there is the voice of the beast and his image that we will uh, refer to in a moment from Revelation chapter 13. Our main verse is Daniel chapter 7, 7 through 8. After this I saw in the night, and behold, a fourth beast dreadful and terrible, exceeding strong, and it had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before, and it had ten horns. And I was considering the horns, and there was another uh, horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, and there in this horn were eyes like a man, and a mouth speaking, and the King James says great things. This translation said pompous thing, pompous words. And uh, I want to point out here that 
the the beast has a voice and this is where we're going to build we're going to build a foundation on this idea of the beast having a voice now let me explain this verse for just a moment this beast is imagery that i will allude to in just a moment and explain and he has ten horns which in daniel and revelation represent ten nations with ten kings that are going to rule with the antichrist at the end of days now in this passage the Antichrist is alluded to as a little horn with a mouth that speaks great things. Now notice there is a certain level of authority or power that's given to him through what he says or through his mouth. He speaks great words or bragging words or boastful words. Now let's hold that right now, the Antichrist and his ten kings and the voice of the beast. And let me show you something interesting about a scripture that alludes to Jesus Christ in John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Now, I'm going to take this verse and show you three things about it, and we're going to tie that into the voice and the emotional connection of the beast system as the voice of the beast is beginning to be heard in the nations of the world. First of all, concerning Jesus, John wrote that our, our ears heard what he said. Then he said our eyes saw what he did. And then he also felt, we handled him, we felt him. And of course, feeling is always tied to emotions. So the people saw the miracles of Jesus and they believed because they saw them, John 2, 23. The people then heard the voice from heaven that God the Father was speaking and they heard it on earth in John 12, 29. That helped them to believe. And then John talked about, and Mark, actually Mark 5, uh, 29 deals with this, that they uh, could feel the power of God. This woman who came to Jesus coming from behind to touch the hem of his garment secretly pulled virtue and power out of his body into her body, and it brought an instant healing. So people could feel the presence of Christ, see and hear. Now, people are going to feel the presence of this beast in the future. They're going to see something happen, very strange, and they're going to hear words that are going to be spoken in this uh, imagery uh, that the Bible talks about in this word beast. Now, let's talk about for a moment the voice of the beast or the word beast. Uh, we find in Daniel chapter 7 that this word beast is used six times. And in uh, parts of the book of Daniel are in the Aramaic and all other parts of it are in the, book of, uh, in the Hebrew language. And so in the references found in Daniel chapter 7 alluding to the beast, it, is, it actually alludes to certain types of animals that represent certain kingdoms that would come from Daniel's day forward in history all the way to the final fourth beast in Daniel that is the beast of the Antichrist system. And that, uh, of course, in Daniel 7 is also connected to the early Imperial Roman Empire system. So the word beast is used, for example, in the book of Daniel six times. But when we come to the book of Revelation, which is our, our really, well, is the, it is the main apocalyptic book of the Bible, but it is also the uh, main book of the New Testament when it relates to biblical prophecy. The word beast is used there 43 times in the book of Revelation. Now, it's two different Greek words that you discover in the book of Revelation where the word beast is used. One of those words is used concerning the beast, which are the living creatures that are the angels of the ox, the eagle, lion, and man 
that surround the corners of God's throne that are giving God praise in Revelation chapter 4. And of course, you read about them throughout the book of Revelation. And these particular created beings, that's a good translation, created heavenly beings are found throughout the book. And they are always positioned at the throne of God. So that is one area in the book of Revelation where the word beast is used. But the word that we're interested in is Revelation chapter 13. John sees two beasts. He sees one rising up out of the sea like a bear and a leopard and a lion. And if you go back to Daniel 7, the imagery of Daniel 7 and 8 of those three beasts are found in the book of Daniel. And they are the areas of Babylon, Media, Persia, uh, and the area of Greece. So that area, which today would be, let's say, Afghanistan, Pakistan, it would include uh, Iraq, Iran, it would include Lebanon, Syria. Uh, it would actually, from the Grecian Empire days, include the northern horn of Africa. All of that territory, and including modern-day Israel, would be the area of the beast that the Bible talks about in the, books of Dan in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. Now, in the New Testament, the word therion is a word used describing the, the wild beast or the beast of Revelation 13, which is the Antichrist, who again has seven heads and ten horns. Now, the ten horns are the same thing of the ten toes of Daniel chapter 2 that are on that metallic image that King Nebuchadnezzar saw. So the ten toes of Daniel 2 and the horns of Daniel and the ten horns of the, uh, of the dragon uh, in the book of Revelation are all the same thing. They are ten nations that arise up out of the Mediterranean Sea area, which is called the Great Sea in the book of Daniel, and they rule in the territory around the Mediterranean Ocean. And it's not just the Mediterranean itself, it's the nations that are near the Mediterranean, such as, again, we mentioned a moment ago, Afghanistan and uh, even the area of Persia, which is the country of Iran today. So this territory is where this, and this is the Greek word used, wild beast arises. Now, in Daniel chapter 7 and 7, because what I'm doing here is I'm putting some verses in Daniel with the book of Revelation to help you see they're talking about the same thing, which is a kingdom that arises at the end of days. This beast of Daniel 7, 7 has, I quote, iron teeth and devours with his mouth. So the iron teeth, I mean, anyone that has iron teeth, you can't destroy iron, t iron teeth. You can't chip away at iron teeth like you can chip your natural, uh, the enamel on your the teeth that you have in your mouth. This represents, iron represents war and fighting. Uh, iron represents strength. And so the power is in the mouth to devour. And one of the things he uses, and this is real interesting, and this is where we're going now, is in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, this beast that's coming, which again is the Antichrist himself, speaks great words, bragging word, boastful words against uh, El Elyon, El Shaddai, the Almighty God, or as the uh, Bible translates it, the Most High God. Now, I want to uh, again reiterate to you where the territory where this is actually going to take place, the strength of the beast kingdom will be around the nations that surround the modern nation of Israel. Some of those, of course, are Gulf states. Others of those are the area of ancient Babylon, which is Lebanon and Syria, and the area of Iraq. And then, of course, prophetically, it's the area of Persia, and it goes into Pakistan and also really strong in Afghanistan. And I think that it's very significant prophetically. And you can go to my YouTube channel and see my teaching on uh, Afghanistan uh, in more detail. But I believe that 
that this fall of Afghanistan is extremely prophetic, especially in the area of uh, radical Islam taking over that territory. So this is all coming together. This is very important that you understand that even though that there are things taking place that we say this is negative, this shouldn't happen, this should have been done differently, which I agree. Uh, at the same time, there is an element of God fulfilling, I won't say fulfilling prophecy yet, but uh, aligning things prophetically to be fulfilled. We'll be right back with more after this. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast. And now you can find us on YouTube. We continue now with part two of our podcast with Perry Stone talking about the voice of the beast. Now let's talk about this voice of the beast for a few moments. There is power in your words. One of my favorite verses to explain this is Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now notice again that this Antichrist, it's his mouth where there is great danger. Now when we go to uh, the, the Gospels, here's a verse that we read. There'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts filling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now notice in the King James translation, it alludes to looking after those things that are coming. Now what's happening here is men are seeing the cosmic activity taking place in the heavens. And as they see the cosmic activity taking place in the heavens, and they see the, the you know, the famous pestilence earthquake, the asteroids, the volcanic eruptions, all these things in, in the sea and the waves will be roaring, which are tsunamis as well. And we're gonna see that in the future in many places. They are in perplexity. Now perplexity is an emotion. And uh, one translation of Luke 21 tells us that uh, nations will be in confusion, not knowing the way out. Now I'm telling you if there's ever been a time, at least in my lifetime of 62 years, in which entire nations are trying to figure out how do you deal with the virus? How do you deal with dealing with the virus? How do you deal with uh, helping people overcome the virus? How do you deal with the economic downturn caused by it? P nations are in horrible perplexities, wars and rumors of wars. and. And, you know, uh, one huge nation, as you probably have read in the news, is having power outages. And, and the world gets a lot of their, what we call supplies and chips from this particular nation. So nations are in perplexity. Now, this is, I want to jump ahead now and go into the time of the tribulation. And I want to ask you a very important question. And this is a question that came to me just recently that I asked myself. And when I studied the scripture, one thing I have always done is I ask myself questions. What makes the beast so successful? For example, when you read Revelation 13, 
It tells you that there will be a mark and a name and a number, and you can't buy or sell without the mark. And that men in Revelation 20 and 4 are beheaded for, the, for if they don't uh, not only receive the mark and the image and the name, but if they don't worship this image of the beast, they're going to be killed. So there is a religion that's going to form in connection with a political system. And if you don't follow the political system and the economic ideas and the control that's in this political system in the future, you're simply eliminated by beheading. And uh, in Greek, where the book of Revelation indicates beheading, it actually is to, be, to have the head removed by an axe. So it's a very violent beheading. It's not just necessarily an organized thing. It's just like very, very violent. And I was meditating on what makes the beast system successful. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. He succeeds by using fear. And I want that to sink in for just a moment. The Antichrist succeeds by using fear. If you don't worship the image, you're going to die. If you don't take the mark, you can't buy or sell. If you don't take the mark, uh, you won't have a job. If you don't take the mark, you're going to be beheaded eventually. Now, I'm not talking about the time we're in right now. Uh, I preached a message recently about how that what we're in now is only programming people to accept what's coming in the future. So when I talk about particular things, we're not talking about necessarily what's happening now. We're showing you how that the programming of things now will help the B system to be able to carry out the plots and plans and strategies that are recorded in Revelation 13, 17, and 18 on controlling the economic system, especially in the 10 nations. And those 10, I believe those, I believe those 10 nations really connect to him because of trade and uh, economic loss if they don't follow this system. And so looking at this again, I want, you to, I want to say this again, that the beast system has success because of the threats and the fear of loss. Now think, think about this for just a moment. What is the biggest fear that people have today? And the answer is our greatest fears are uh, things concerning a loss of job. Our greatest fears are concerning uh, a loss of our life. Our greatest fears are concerning uh, a loss of in, in, an inability to pay our bills. And so there was all kind, of, you know, job and health care and, and marriage. So basically human beings want what I call security. They want to feel secure. And so what happens is that this beast system gives them a false sense of security. Now, I would have to say that the greatest fear that most people have is the fear of death. However, now I'm, I'm going I'm to say this carefully, but I want you to follow me and track with me about this. In the book of Revelation chapter 12, 11, it says this, They, this is the people on earth, overcame him who is Satan in the context by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Now, most of the time when I've quoted this verse, I've always talked about they overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And notice that your words have power, that what you say has power. With the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hold fast the confession of your faith, nothing wavering. All these verses deal with the power and authority given to a believer through the words of their mouth 
and the power of their confession. But here's where we're at now. You and I know that with the situations that have happened on the earth today, there have been uh, literally hundreds of thousands of people that have died, some in their 30s and 40s and 50s, 60s. Others have been older. And one of the things that I think the world has trouble understanding is why are Christians not afraid to die? And it's really true. If you're a true Christian, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It's not that you necessarily want to go at that time. Maybe I'm, I'm sure everyone, if they know they're passing away at an earlier age, would love to live longer. You've got kids and grandkids. But why is it there's no fear? And the answer is we believe in eternal life. Now, a sinner has no guarantee of eternal life. They experience the second death, which is Hades or hell, if they don't have a covenant with Christ. But why are true Christians not afraid of death? Because we know that death is just a separation that takes you on another journey. It is the separation of the soul and spirit out of the body to take you to what we call paradise, which is located in the third heaven, and that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You can read about that. So you can't threaten a child of God with going to heaven. It just is not going to happen. And then we as believers know, especially if you know the Bible, that we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. First of all, let's go back. There's going to be a resurrection of the dead. You're going to be given a brand new glorified body and you're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years on earth. Revelation chapter uh, 20, where Christ will rebuild the planet at his return. Now, the problem is if you have followed the beast and you have followed the image of the beast and you have followed the beast system, you've taken the mark, you will be separated off the earth, taken into the, into the, to the lower chambers of the underworld, totally separated. Satan is bound a thousand years. He's cast into the abyss, which is, which is a chamber underneath the earth. And you're not allowed to rule and reign with Christ. And this is why we are preaching what we're preaching now and warning people about what's coming in the future. Now, I'm just going to say this, you know, that the beast system that's coming has a propaganda machine. Uh, some of that propaganda is secular media. Some of that propaganda can be written media. Some of that propaganda can be people in political positions. Some of that propaganda can be uh, uh, some of the, the big media that we have today. But having said that, let me say this, that the biggest weapon that the beast system has is speaking fear speaking death and not speaking life because you can control the masses when you control them with fear when you tell them they have no money unless they do a certain thing you control them with fear when you tell them they're going to lose their job under certain circumstances you control them with fear uh, food supplies when you tell them the food supply is not going to be there you control them with fear so the greatest thing and everybody listen to me that's listening that you will have to fight is fear and yet your bible says god has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So there's two things. Now listen to me carefully. When you are afraid of nothing, you're just not afraid. There's no fear in your life. And you understand that, that perfect love casts out fear, and God loves you, cares for you, and you've got a good future. What do you have to fear? What really? Now think about it. What do you have to fear? And God did not give you the spirit of fear. He wants you to have love, peace, and a sound mind. So if you don't have fear and you're not, afraid, you're not afraid of death, there's absolutely nothing that Satan or the beast system can hold over you. It's, think about it. There's nothing. Now, for you that are not redeemed by Christ, if you've not accepted Christ, you don't have... You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. Your future is horrible. 
because you have nothing to look forward to at all. And so it is important that you enter into a redemptive covenant with Jesus Christ by repenting of your sin and asking Christ to become your Savior and your Redeemer and then learning about Him and studying about Him and praying to Him and following Him. This is how eternal life is gained. And that's why death is not a threat to a Christian who knows that they have eternal life and they're going to get a brand new resurrected body. So for us to leave this planet and the soul and spirit to come out of our body, it's just, uh, there's no threat to that. So I hope this message has encouraged you not to be afraid to follow the Lord and have faith. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. (laughs) 